Welcome to the Live Peaceably Podcast. I'm Lionel Sims, Minister of the Northside Church of Christ. And I'm Camille Lewis, Licensed Mental Health Therapist. And here we talk about the practical side of faith and what it means to live peaceably. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Live Peaceably Podcast. We thank God for you, for your attentiveness, for you sticking in with us, and for you listening and enjoying our conversations and engaging in our dialogue with us. My name is Lionel Sims. I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the minister of the Northside Church of Christ in Riverside, California, and I have the honor of speaking uh, on this podcast with my co-host, Ms. Camille Lewis. Hey, everyone. And... um. These, you got to do a longer introduction of yourself. Than okay, that. You okay, no, throw, okay, throw it to me again. Let me try again. And I'm here with my co-host, Ms. Camille Lewis. Good morning, everyone. My name is Camille Lewis, a licensed clinical social worker and lifelong Christian. I am so happy to be here. I'm elated beyond imagine to have the opportunity to sit here and engage in another dialogue uh, with my, 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 my worthy co-host here, Brother Sims. Thank you. Better? <laughs> <laughs> in this um, in this month, we've been dealing with covenants. And I think as believers, we understand the importance because that whole um, I made a promise to God thing is a real big deal. Uh, so mm-hmm. when it comes to understanding how we develop our relationship with God, I think something that we need to isolate and focus on is this idea of covenant. Because, you know, we've we've actually done a big work for a long time about relationships with God and religion versus relationship and a lot of dialogue in that area. So I want to deal with the same conversation almost, but um, I want to see if we can recover some of the balance in that um, in that in that conversation. So if you guys would go with me to God in a word of prayer and we'll go ahead and get started. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, we're grateful that you continue to watch over us and keep us as we live day to day. We thank you for blessing us with not only the opportunity to be in dialogue about your word and your way and how to live in it, Father, but we thank you for even revealing to us uh, your love and your mercy and your presence. And we're asking now that as we talk, that you guide our conversation, that you order our steps as you do with everything. We ask that you watch over us as we try to be an encouragement or some sort of Uh, support to anyone who's listening. We ask that you watch over us continuously as we continue to grow in wisdom and understanding. In Jesus' name, we pray this prayer in all prayers. Amen. Amen. Covenants and Mm -hmm. how they how they uh, manage our relationship with God. If I were to ask you, um, Camille, what kind of covenants would you say you've established with God? In those words, how would you define it? How would you describe the covenant that you have with God? If I were to just use those words specifically, I know that they're a little bit vague in in a sense because Mm -hmm. I want you to use your own language around it. But if I were talking about your relationship with God, but specifically I asked you about your covenant with God. Yeah. Well, I know a few weeks ago we kind of gave the definition of a covenant being an agreement, a commitment uh, a, a promise. So if I'm thinking about the commitment that I am making to God, that I am, uh, obligated to keep, I think it would be, um, the commitment to be as obedient as I can to him in, uh, in every way I'm committing to seeking his voice 
in everything that I do before I do anything uh, and committing to um, trusting his guidance, even if I don't understand it. Um, I am committing to putting all of my faith and trust solely in him and his ability rather than my own. So I think if I had to verbalize my commitments, that probably would sum it up pretty well. Does it answer the question? It does. Yes. Okay. It does. Uh, what I wanted to uh, highlight was the fact that when it comes to the decision or the agreement that you make, those are the things that we need to lean on when mm -hmm. we're going through our growth and development. Mm -hmm. Everybody has some level of relationship with God that's unique to them as an individual, but everybody has the potential for change and everybody mm -hmm. is going to go through natural change because that's what life does. It changes. And so I wanted to bring up covenants in big reason because that's what actually keeps us as we're developing as believers is understanding what laurels we rest on when mm -hmm. we're, when we're, questioning or trying to walk through life with our relationship with God intact. You know, those are a lot of the conversations that I have in ministry, I guess, which is why it was important. And that's um, in certain situations, what do I do? Or why do I feel lost now? Not necessarily has God abandoned me, but I don't know how to be in a place that's unfamiliar, or mm -hmm. I don't know how to fully um, embrace and lean into what God is doing as I'm changing right now. And that's something that we desperately need because you got to hold on to God through different phases of life. If you're going to continue to grow, to progress, to live, mm -hmm. to, to walk in him. And so that's what we're trying to establish now is as we're evolving as people, our covenants are the things that keep us steady. And so I want us to try to revisit what do our covenants really look like when we actually live them out. You know, because you know, when you make a covenant, truth be told, you're you're in violation of the covenant anytime you don't follow the terms of the agreement. Right. right. It's whenever we do something that violates the covenant that we've made with God, there's a rift that's created, not a distance in relationship, not a broken relationship, but well, sometimes a distance, yes, but um mm -hmm. not a complete breaking or tearing or, you know, separation, but when you're growing together and somebody violates the terms of the agreement or the relationship, then that causes a rift in what you're trying to build with them. And often I don't see, I mean, I don't, um, often I see, excuse me, um, how we let rifts completely remove us from the relationship. Does that make sense? Because I, I think so. that's the phrase that I'm old, I, I was trying to walk into is keeping rifts from letting our relationship with God deteriorate. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're saying that the, the strength of the covenant that we have with him is what protects us against allowing those rifts to grow into a, a bigger barrier that keeps us even further from God? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like when you at work and they ask you to do something that ain't in your contract, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Like yeah. you, you go back and you revisit your contract because you don't right. you know, want to do anything that you didn't agree to do. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's just when you're also being challenged to try new things and they don't pay you in accordance with what you signed up for, you're going to revisit your contract to figure out what's going on in your, your request. Uh, because mm -hmm. that's, you know, if you violate the terms of the relationship, then that means the terms of the contract, excuse me, then that makes the relationship shaky in any context. 
So you're saying that the covenant keeps us close. Absolutely. Okay. You are, can you share with us the definition of your covenant that you have with God? Um, I've been lately trying to keep it as simple as possible with God. Mm -hmm. And I, my covenant with God is um, I will pursue. Mm. I think that's the most simple way I can put my covenant as I've, you know, formulated mm -hmm. it lately is no matter um, what state in life I'm in, I will pursue God. Uh, mm. And I think that encompasses so many different changes that I've been through. Um, mm -hmm. So many different realizations that I have, because I do wonder, even though I'm, you know, young, I wonder how people keep their same perspective of God as they get older, uh, because I feel like we change a lot. And I think if you actually explore and study and lean into God, you're you really are leaning into an eternal being. You're you're leaning into an inexhaustible, um, a, a divine figure that mm -hmm. is leading you through the most complicated territory that is this world. And mm -hmm. so I think that when you notice at least for me when i noticed even the ups and downs in my relationship with god the uh circumstances that tried my faith that pushed me both away from my my traditional beliefs but also pushed me back towards them is a pursuit and it's just kind of like that's what i've got is i know that at any cost i will continue to pursue yeah i like that and I think that as we get older and more mature, that our perspective on God does change because we learn so much more about him because he's inexhaustible. That I, I think that means that we're never done learning about him. And the more you learn about someone, the, the more your definition or your understanding of who they are expands. So I would hope that my perspective on God would continue to grow as my relationship with him grows. Absolutely. And do you think that as your relationship with God grows and as you grow and as you change, um, that you ever have to change the terms of your covenant? Not not change the terms in terms of um, uh, change your relationship with God. But I guess what I'm saying is, do you feel like sometimes you have to open up the open up the uh, the, the 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 mind and the spirit and try to um, incorporate? new things that you may not have known about God mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. your current relationship with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The latest one for me has to do with confidence. And I have been reading a, a few, I came across a few packages, pa not packages, passages <laughs> that talked about having confidence um, and how we should approach God and just praying, believing that it's already been done. And um, I think one of them says like, you know, and confidence will have like, uh, or is it confidence or hope? So something will have like its perfect result. But anyway, so that got me thinking, mm -hmm. if I'm, am I approaching the throne of grace with confidence? Uh, if not confidence, then what am I bringing to God? And um, so I had to really kind of have some honest reflection with myself about some of the things that I was approaching God with that were not always feeling confident. And so that is something that I'm trying to incorporate now um, is having a level of confidence in God and in my prayers. Um, and I'm, I'm finding it 
I have found it to be uh, a little bit more, more difficult, I think, than I anticipated. But um, that's what we're commanded to do. And so if part of my covenant is being obedient, that extends to being obedient in the way that I approach God and in the way that I interact with him. In a practical sense. Mm-hmm. What does confidence look like? I think that's very broad. Can you be more specific? What does confidence look like in what For in you, what in, in, a, in a scenario where you can see confidence making a difference. With God? Yes. Like the kind of confidence that you're talking about. Like you having more confidence, right? Is what, when you, you having more confidence in going to God. Um, What does that, how does, how does that flesh out? How does... Because if, if I'm listening and I'm like interpreting yeah. it for myself and I'm thinking going to confidence with God, uh, I'm thinking of my relationship with with the book of Hebrews. Like we can mm-hmm. come boldly to the throne of grace. Like sometimes right. I can be timid when it comes to how I approach the things that I'm trying to accomplish in life or the things that I need God's help with. And I'll try to mm-hmm. be really conservative with my requests and really uh, mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? It, yeah, it's uh, I think that's uh, the right word. Okay, yeah, it with, you know, I, I'm really uh what's the word pessimistic often mm-hmm, when it comes mm-hmm. to prayers, you know. It's like I'll mm-hmm. ask God for the things that I know that he explicitly promised in the Bible that are irrefutable mm-hmm. like Lord bless me with peace, bless me with mercy, but mm-hmm. I often don't come to God like willing to ask like 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 will you like maybe bless me with an easier day today. Mm. Like sometimes that's kind of like a step out in confidence in God and asking that kind of question for me because it's, it's, it's a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm asking the way that I'm interpreting it. And I don't, I, I don't know that I have a complete answer because I'm, I'm, I'm walking through this now and trying to grow through it now, but the way I'm interpreting it is in how I bring something to God not okay. what I bring to him, but how I bring it to him. Uh-huh. Uh, there's this whole thing about like, you know, not getting your hopes up too high because it may or may not happen. So let me not be so dead set on this mm. one thing. Uh, and so does that mean that like, I don't have confidence that this thing will happen because what if it doesn't and God can say no and God may or may not say yes. Or, you know, or does that just mean that I don't ask for specific things? Like, does that mean that I have confidence in in God and, and have confidence that he will provide for all of my needs? Or does that mean that I have confidence that he will hear and honor this specific request? Does that change the way that I word the request? Does that change the things that I bring to him at all? Does that mean that I don't ask him for specific things at all? Or by not asking him for specific things, is that a lack of confidence? Because God can do anything, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't I ask him for specific things? So honestly, I don't really know what it looks like. But that's one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm asking God to show me what that looks like so that I can walk in that. Um, and I'm learning that that's, you know, like where a lot of our hope comes from and how that makes it easier to like trust. And I'm thinking about the difference between trust versus faith and really just getting into like the more like nuanced things and the more nuanced aspects. And um, I was reading in uh, Jeremiah 17 where I was talking about the tree being planted by the water. uh, And it said, blessed is the man who, uh, who, who, who trusts in the Lord and whose trust or, and whose hope is the Lord. And I think another version said, whose, 
trust and confidence is the Lord. And I started thinking about the difference between trusting in the Lord versus the Lord being my hope and being my confidence. And like, what does that mean or look like? And when he is your yeah. hope, then that is what keeps you planted and rooted. And it's less of my decision saying I'm not going to move God, but it is saying that if that is my hope, then this is how that hope operates. It just, it keeps me connected to him. It's not that I am making the active decision whether or not I feel like staying connected to God today, but depending on where my hope is or depending on uh, the makeup of my hope and my faith and my trust, that is going to plant me near the source. So that's that, that that's where that line of thinking has had taken me. But as I am really committing to trying to be as obedient to God as possible, I'm extending that beyond just the external actions that we take and mm-hmm. into how can I be obedient to him in the way that he wants me to interact with him in our relationship, in the way that he wants me to come to him, in the way that he wants me to believe in him, in the way that he wants me to trust him. How can I be obedient even in that? So that's that's what we're walking through right now. (laughs) You always catch me right when I'm in the middle of something with God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Look at divine providence. Mm hmm. You saying you don't want to get your hopes up at the very beginning of that as, yeah, that I, I get That's it. That's hard. I, I struggle. I, I struggle with that. I've been struggling with that lately because I know that we're supposed to have hope. So how do I have hope without doubt? Because complete does, does complete hope just mean, and then there's another verse that says like, you pray as if it's already been done, like believing that it's already been done. So does that yeah. mean... Is that is that Delulu? Is that Delulu? Like, yeah, oh, it's already done. Yeah, I, oh, the, the the job is mine, so I'm gonna go ahead and quit mine because I prayed for it and I hope and and it's already done. But that's not realistic because then I didn't get the job. I didn't get the job. So like, how does that, you know? But if I I was so hopeful and believing in that hope, but then it didn't happen. So then now I'm like, well, then what was my hope actually in? And how does this all work together? So that's what I'm. That's that's where we are <laughs> right now. <laughs> I completely yeah. I so the intensity with which you believe is huge when it comes to actually believing and leaning on God and settling in your heart that God can do the thing that you asked him to do and asking him as if he can do the thing that you're asking him to do. Right. I mean, absolutely. Well, because it's, yeah. the doubt is not in whether or not he can, it's in whether or not he will. So yeah. oftentimes I'll say, God, I know that you can and I hope that you will. But yeah. Where does that, you know, hmm. land within me? What do I do with that? Because if it doesn't happen, then am I wrong for being disappointed? Am I wrong for being hurt? Does that mean that my hope was not really in God, but it was in what I was wanting him to do? And like, how do I reconcile that and come to him with confidence without being attached to the thing that I'm asking for? I can feel my body retreating back into Christian um, conservatism. I just feel Look, it. Look, come on. I'm trying no, not to. St- come on, preacher man. I need you to stay with me. I need you to help us through this. <laughs> because, yeah, because I, I, the way I want to say, like, in response to that is just, like, when you align your will with God's and you start asking for the things that God's concerned about, then those are the blessings that are completely mm-hmm. abundant and sure. It's right. just the things that, you know, you're asking God for that you truthfully do not know. 
mm-hmm. whether or not that and God would be well within his right to say no. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's like in that situation, right. it's like I do. I agree. What level of confidence should I have in, in bringing it to God in the first place? Like, am I yeah. am I am I lacking something by not saying you know, by, by not naming it and claiming it, you know, am I, right. am I missing right. some sort of faith if I'm not acting as if it's already been done? Because I still struggle with that when it comes to how people treat their own ministries and sermons when it comes to other preachers. Cause I listen with a critical ear when I, whenever I get into hint of, um, anything that you ask for that you will receive. And then they use, you know, the text from Jesus, whoever asks anything in my name, mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I understand like where the idea comes from. And I also understand the adjacent scriptures regarding faith and what we pray for and what we ask God for and putting all those things together could clearly give us an, a belief that says, if I ask for it, God will give it to me. But I also mm-hmm. believe that at the foundation, excuse me, of all of those, um, of all those requests, um, is is an understanding that being completely confident in God's ability to do something is sufficient. But also, asking God to do something that God may not have even promised to do should still ignite in us a confidence that. If God's answer is yes, then I won't ask him as if I'm anticipating a no. Does that make sense? I think so. Say more about it. Like when you ask your mom for some money and you're anticipating a no, mm-hmm. you ask with hesitance. You know what I mean? You ask. But see, but 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 I but that's that's the thing, right? It's like, should I not be asking with hesitance if I'm supposed to come boldly, and if I'm supposed to be, you know, claiming or. As, as if it's already been done, if I'm supposed to have this, this confidence and this trust, then what, then I'm taking that to mean that there shouldn't be any hesitation in the ask. And I, I, I can completely get on board with the fact that, you know, that God, uh, can say no, and it could be for my good. And, you know, because his will is something else, but then w- where that lands with me sometimes is, is a difficult I have a hard time reconciling that, especially if as I'm as I'm asking and praying for and about things, I'm also seeking, you know, his guidance. And I don't know, you know I, what? because I feel like, you know, I, I'm with you like, sure, I'm going to come with a little bit of hesitation because you might say no. And just in case you say no, I don't like get my feelings hurt. So, you know, here's this thing. If you feel like it, then, you know, I would be grateful if you did it. But you don't you know, you ain't got to do nothing because. You know, I know you may not, so I'm not going to ask too much. But if you, if you know, if you're in the mood, I, I I would be grateful. Like, that don't sound bold to me. You know what? Okay, here's, that's, as you were talking, as let me clarify my analogy or further it so I think it'll fit better. Okay. Uh, or work on it, because, like, when you ask your mother for something, you know, for some money, uh, for, for going to the movies or something, and you ask with trepidation, the word I'm mm-hmm. trying to dis- use to distinguish here is fear. That's what I'm, that's mm. what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the word fear. Because okay. also my mother was a big proponent of education. And so if I would ask her for money for a book, she mm. still may say no. But my ask is different because and I'm not talking about like asking God for things for recreation versus asking God for necessities. I'm talking about when we go to God and we believe that what we're asking God for is not out of alignment with the will of God. Then I don't mm. believe that it's a problem to ask without fear. And I think that may be the difference in 
asking God with confidence and coming to him boldly is asking without fear. It's, mm-hmm. it's, he's, of course, still reserves the right to say no, but it's that hesitance or that trepidation that we go to somebody that we aren't sure if they're going to answer yes or no to with that often makes it mm-hmm. a different experience. Because if I ask you and I'm scared to ask you, then that's going to show up in my demeanor. And I believe that's kind of mm-hmm. the area that we're talking about that you brought up. It's like now mm-hmm. I'm approaching God with trepidation and fear and with uncertainty and with shaky knees. But if I do have a, a lock on what I want to ask for and I don't believe that it's outside side of the will of God. And I also believe that, you know, this is something that, um, that, that is, that is extremely valuable to me. Then I can ask God without fear. You know what I'm saying? It's like without trepidation. It's like, no, seriously, God, can I have this? I believe that's Mm -hmm. boldness. I believe that's Mm -hmm. confidence. Like if you believe that there's a, a, a strong potential, um, that this doesn't violate the character of God, even, I think that's enough criteria, at least for me to ask without any, any hesitance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I think I'm finding that in the instances where um, where the answer is no, when maybe uh, I thought or was hoping or believed that it it could really be a yes, that those instances have um, made me come to God differently in the in the future so as not to feel the same kind of disappointment if he says no again. And I think that that maybe is where I'm, you know, and I don't know if it's that, that, you know, now I'm coming with, with fear, um, because there, there, there still is the same level of confidence in the fact that if God wanted to, then he would, and that he absolutely could like that, that has never gone anywhere. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I think maybe I'm trying to convince myself that I don't care as much about the outcome because then I I, I'm trying to not be as attached to the ask specifically. And I'm trying to make sure that my confidence and hope and faith is placed in the right thing. I'm trying to make sure that it's placed in God and in who he is and what he has promised and in the provision and protection that I know I have in him instead of that hope being placed in the ask itself. And mm. I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to find the best, you know, place to land with that. Um, because that does sometimes feel like I'm not asking as, uh, as, as boldly like the, the ask in itself because yeah. I'm trying to detach from it so that I don't get my feelings hurt. And I don't, I don't know where that lands in, in all of what we're talking about, but it, it doesn't feel like it belongs there. It doesn't feel like it belongs in my relationship with God, but I think I'm having a hard time naming it. So I'm having a hard time releasing it. So I don't know if it's doubt or, or what it is, but that's where I am. I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly the 49ers just lost the Super Bowl. This is exactly what I was going through. <laughs> I was asking God for a victory. I came to him boldly in confidence and we mm-hmm. lost. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to pick up the pieces. <laughs> I understand. I, I could you. Yeah, you <laughs> No, but I, 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 I do. I understand now. I think you clarifying that helped me also. Uh, um, you trying to detach yourself in some sense from the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, how it affects you. And I think when it comes to that, I do have a belief that kind of lends to how I feel about that kind of question. And it's really rooted in Philippians 4. And Paul saying, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in there with to be content. Mm-hmm. I really do right. try to, I, I walk through life with that. 
um, in that I try to figure out that there are so many people that just don't have and that I've found gratitude and completion in wherever it is I currently am in life and what I have. And mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I've often treated that belief wrong and I've let it make me pessimist. Like, oh, well, if God answers, he answers. If he doesn't, he doesn't. As if mm-hmm. I have no emotional attachment to whatever mm-hmm. it is I'm asking for. But when it comes down to it, it's like I do have an attachment, but I brought up sports because it's funny because when you look at the way sports fans operate, different teams have different emotional connections or different Mm -hmm. fans, excuse me, have different emotional connections to their teams. Like some people are just sports fans because they like seeing sports being played. They like the Mm -hmm. game. They like the, you know, the, the, the concept, they like the whole idea of it. And so those kind of fans that have their team, they root for them. They say go team, but they're not so dedicated to it that if their team loses, they're breaking TVs and throwing them around the place. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. like they've learned how to engage the game in a way where they can go with the ebbs and flows of it without being torn up over it. And Mm -hmm. so I noticed that when it comes to, you know, how we process anything and what kind of people we are, it even goes down to how we treat things as kids, like on a playground when we're young. And we go outside to be with our friends and play with our friends. Some people take the games you play, take that game of hopscotch really seriously. And some kids kind of detach themselves. And it's like, oh, recess is over. But I say all that to say when it comes to our relationship with God, I think that's something that we truly do have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to take life as it comes, regardless of what is put in front of us. But I also believe that the real challenge is trying to find the glory in any circumstance that we face. And I do believe that that comes with a level of. I'm detached a little bit from God and how he responds to it, not in that I don't want it and not in that I'm not emotionally connected to it. But I do also know that my emotions are fickle. I know that how I feel about things can change. I know that I can get an answer that I don't like now that I can grow into later. And so it's mm-hmm. like and when I'm asking in that way, it's just like it's it, the question is is anchored, I guess, in a confidence in however it is you respond you're going to give me what I essentially am looking for. And that's your glory. Mm-hmm. And I like when people, when I talk to people about like career advice or stuff like that, I'm just like, let me, it's just like, if you take this job here, or if you take this job on the other side of the country, can God be glorified in either one? Mm-hmm. And it's like, the answer is always yes, of course. But I do use that as a tool to anchor myself spiritually when it comes to asking God for stuff. But I don't believe that. And I think I need this this conversation to see it. I don't believe that asking God with the confidence of it being a possibility is an issue. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Of, of, of him making that move for me or him, you know, uh, opening that door for me. It's like it's not an issue for for, mm-hmm. for me to go to him with at least some sort of like this is like this is like this is what I really want like let me show you Mm -hmm. like I'm attached Mm -hmm. to this let me show you what I really want and I'm glad that I can show you what I really want but also I just know that that high may come down it's just I just don't want to stop my high while I have it you know it's Mm -hmm. like I don't want to stop going to God with confidence because I'm excited about something because if I do that then I'm going to start being emotionally detached to everything and I've seen that become a problem in my life is that I tried to become so even keel that nothing mattered. And it's just like, then I wasn't able to find appreciation. I wasn't necessarily able to find, you know, the desire to, to do or to, 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 um, to try because it was just kind of a shoulder shrug. And so in that sense, it found some, some, you know, some harsh roads, but um, I still think that it, 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 it's not an issue to go to God with some excitement and attachment, emotional attachment, especially to what it is you want. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. It it does make sense. Uh, I'm I'm trying to. Uh, I'm I'm just still still thinking through it. You 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 got me back in my 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 spiral that I've been trying to understand for the last several weeks about all this. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I I do understand, and yeah. I, I, anyway, that that's that's something that I'm trying to walk through that so that it doesn't become a rift in my relationship with God, so that it does not stop me from coming to Him or from trusting in Him or having hope in him yeah i don't know exactly what that is what that looks like or what that you know should look like for me and maybe because i just you know know myself and when i'm coming to god super excited about it then i it's i maybe because i have a tendency of like getting ahead of myself so if i'm super excited about it and i'm believing that you know god can do this and uh that you know if i believe that it's in accordance with his will then in my mind it's already happening and i'm already in that space and i'm already in that mental space and i'm already in that emotional space and i'm you know that that attachment to all of it is really strong already and that 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 fall just makes it difficult but i can also acknowledge that and and maybe a part of what what we're saying is that the confidence comes in knowing that whatever decision God makes, it is the right one. And I can confidently say that. And so maybe it's okay to, to feel a way about the fact that the thing that I wanted didn't happen. As long as it does not take away from glorifying the fact that God made a decision that was good for me. Yeah. Yeah, man. But now you talking is, is leaning me into what I'm going through in my spiritual. Huh? Okay. <laughs> nah, it's it's small because now I think our paths align because mm. I'm learning what it means to live in joy. And I think that this is a word mm. that's starting to speak to the area that you're describing, at least for mm-hmm. me, because, yeah, um, joy. What are your thoughts on it? Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Nope. This is this is your turn. You 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 tell us about your journey with joy at the moment. <laughs> no, it's um, it's a fruit of the spirit. And if God's yes. spirit remains with me, then that means there's joy in any decision that God makes. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm realizing covers so many different complicated elements of life. I believe wholeheartedly in fun. Like, I love some good nonsense. I mm-hmm. absolutely love it. But it's just like <laughs> something I don't think we lean on enough because Christians be mean and, and bitter sometimes. and like mm. just upset about not happy with life. And so sometimes I do realize that I don't think joy has been explored enough as a spiritual discipline. You know, we want everybody to be obedient and morally correct. And we want everybody to be serious about the gospel. And we want people to, um, you know, dedicate and sacrifice their lives for the kingdom. Like there's a whole lot of seriousness when it comes to the aura of believers. But Mm-hmm. The idea of joy is something that I don't think we've explored enough because if you choose to actively apply joy to help you get through the complexities, especially mm-hmm. the emotional complexities, mm-hmm. then it really does serve you in that you understand already that no matter the outcome, life is almost fun in some moments where they used mm-hmm. to be hectic. Because when you know that you'll be all right, it's mm-hmm. like you you start making decisions differently. Like when you go to Vegas and you gamble and you got a million dollars because you got fifty million dollars in the bank and you aren't mm-hmm. worried about the million dollars you spend, you're gonna throw a hundred thousand dollars on the table when that hundred thousand dollars is somebody else's life savings. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. everything that you approach with joy changes the entire circumstance. And so if you lose that hundred thousand, you didn't go into that hundred thousand with a with 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 your emotions attached to it. Because it's not that you weren't upset about getting it and it's not that you were um, 
overly uh, 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 overly extending yourself. It's just that you now know that what you're sacrificing isn't ultimately going to break you. Mm-hmm. You know that it's not going to be the end of the world if you lose this hand. And I think that going into life with that mentality is where our spirits are trying to get us to understand you have an abundance in you. You have an mm-hmm. abundance of joy. You have an abundance of the, 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 the glory of God. And so whatever decision you make in your life, whatever answer God chooses to give you, it's not going to take the abundance of joy that you have in you away. And so right. it's like I can be now in that sense attached to something that's um, maybe, you know, not promised by God, if I could use my language and mm-hmm. and, and, and say, you know what, I really do want this thing. And I can say, like, I, I like in, in in joy, in my excitement about that thing or my desire to have that thing, I can bring it to God with that with that thrill, with that excitement and with that joy. But even though I bring it to God with that thrill, excitement and joy, I can also see that on the other side of his answer, there's going to be some more joy. Mm, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's what I'm learning is how not to sacrifice my joy mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. God's decisions because mm-hmm. God that's is going to give me joy on both ends of it. And so it's like I'm trying to maintain it because I don't want to become emotionally distant. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't want to. Well, yeah, I don't want to act like this doesn't affect me, like I don't really desire this thing. And it's just sure. like, you know, you see it when you see optimistic kids, it's just like, can I have this candy? You tell one kid, no, it's just like their whole day is ruined. But then you tell another kid, no, and it's just like, all right. And they go play again. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, it is what yeah. it is. That's what happens. And so that's yeah. what I've been trying to implement joy for is it, it covers so much of the ebb and flow. Hmm. I like that. That's, that's really good. Um, I like that you said, regardless of the answer, uh, even if the answer is no, that there will still be more joy on the other side of it. Um, joy, I think about joy as a, as a posture rather than an emotion and rather than a feeling because emotions are fleeting and fickle and, you know, come and go and they are attached to certain things, but, um, our joy exists in the, uh, in the permanent, our, our joy exists in what we know to be factually true and in what has already happened and in, in who God is and in the fact that there has always and will always be abundance um, and that in our joys and the fact that salvation is available to us. And like, so our, our, our joy is, is postured in who we know God to be, who he has been to us rather than being, um, so connected to the specific things that we want him to do. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> this is, um, this, this brings to my mind, just, I don't know why it popped in, but I think it fits. Um, not laying up your treasures on earth, but in heaven, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, this it, it's kind of painting a different picture for me now, like, especially mm-hmm. after this conversation, because like, it, we're we're dealing with the tangibles here. We're dealing with the earthly yeah. things. We're dealing with yeah. life as it is. And when we're trying to keep ourselves detached from earthly things, we have to at some point acknowledge that we can't detach ourselves from earthly things, but we aren't supposed to detach ourselves from earthly things. We're supposed to treat earthly things with the glory of God. That's what I'm learning. And I think that the entire mentality of even like, you know, being in this world, but not of this world and, you know, being like the world, but not, but, but, but excuse me, not being like the world, um, but being a a new creation, like all that, 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 um, that direction has kind of taken over territory or real estate in, in, in our minds that it shouldn't have, 
meaning that in many people it's kind of caused a um a disregard for our interest and our need for worldly things not secular things that are harmful to our spirit but just things of life things that aren't necessarily inherently religious or spiritual but they're just things that are a part of living and moving through the world like you know whether or not you can you know um go out of town to see your family next week um isn't a you know it is not uh, it's not a requirement of god you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like if wanting to be able to go see some people that i care about you know there were no divine promises that i would receive that and so mm-hmm. i we have a lot of people that are just like well it didn't happen it didn't happen oh well but it's just like nah i'm not that nonchalant about it you know i'm not mm-hmm. that indifferent about you know the things about my life and the things that I can experience and know and do and accomplish but I also believe that when it comes to learning spiritual disciplines and the fruit of the spirit that you know you you just you figure out that walking through life with the spirit of God particularly the spirit of joy in this scenario will keep you centered in a way that doesn't emotionally remove you from the life that you're living yeah And I think to go back to what you said earlier about your covenant being to pursue, I think that anytime we look for God, we're going to find him. So if I'm looking for God in my pain, I'm going to find him there. I'm looking for him in my disappointment. I'm going to find him there. And where you find God, you also find joy. So I think maybe that's part of the active role that we need to, that we have to play. Um, And if that is the covenant that you're making, even when you don't feel like it, meaning maybe even when you're like, you know, disappointed or having an emotional reaction to something, if you have promised to pursue God in all things and everything, then that means even in what I'm feeling now, I need to pursue God in it. And I need to seek him in what it is that that I'm feeling now, not as a way to eliminate what I'm feeling now, but as a way to maybe share what I'm feeling with him or as a way to understand or as a way uh, to find relief from, from what it is. Now this, I I haven't put a, uh, I haven't deviated from the original topic of covenant. I wanted to use this and get all the way into it so that we could see in a practical way, how establishing a covenant in this way is extremely helpful because Mm -hmm. when you have big roadblocks or when you have big challenges, those are usually the moments when God is speaking. Those are the times when you have all the internal capacity in the world to listen like, God, what do you have to say? What are you going to do? And in those moments, that's when we see and we watch God actually do those things. Now, with that, in the moments that we have that are really, of, um, really, really challenging for us or um, are, are, are really foundational to who we are and are really shaping, um, those are the moments that we can always recall and we can always lean on when it is. Well, when another life transition is happening, uh, basically, mm-hmm. when whenever change is happening, like we were talking about before. But um, I wanted to paint this, uh, paint this so that we could lean into what um, Joshua did when he led Israel over the Jordan. And they did it several times throughout the Bible in different scenarios, a lot of times, actually. But they built an altar. And if you're unfamiliar with the story, in short, when Joshua led Israel across the Jordan, that was their entry into the promised land after the death of Moses. They had already left Egypt. They had gone through the wilderness. And now they were finally at that point where they were crossing over the Jordan and going into the uh, promised land. Now, what happened in that moment was they didn't just walk through the Jordan. Um, 
they stopped the Jordan, meaning that they stuck a staff in the water. Excuse me, not stuck a staff in the water. I forgot how Joshua stopped the Jordan. Forgive me. But the Jordan stopped so that they could walk through. It was reminiscent of what happened at the Red Sea when they left Egypt. But they had the Ark of the Covenant at that moment with them. And so when they experienced that moment of crossing over the Jordan into the promised land, in that moment, Joshua required that they build an altar. And they built that altar for one particular reason. And it was so that whoever came after them, whoever came across that point in the Jordan, that they would remember that at that place, that's where God stopped up the Jordan so that the people could walk through. And so when you have an altar established, what you're doing is anchoring the future of the relationship. This is why I'm bringing all this up in the context of covenant, because when God does something that's magnificent and in and it actually delivers you, it's your responsibility to build a covenant or excuse me, an altar around that moment in your mind, and your heart, because God always calls his people back to the things that he's done previously. But also when we keep on our minds, the things that that he has done previously, it, as we mentioned at the beginning, helps carry you through the covenant that you've established because it was ironically, not ironically, but perfectly the Ark of the Covenant that the people of God were carrying mm. when they when they got to the Jordan. They didn't have the Ark of the Covenant, by the way, when they left Egypt, they got the Ark of the Covenant along the way. And so when they had the Ark of the Covenant, it was literally the covenant that was already there, the agreement between God and Israel. But the altar that was there was there to remind them in the future that the covenant, excuse me, that 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 God had um, had performed this 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 grand act in the presence of the covenant. And I think that that's the language that should move directly to us is that when God has just demonstrated to you the power of the covenant that you have with him, then remember that moment, set up something that doesn't let your mind forget that this is what God has done in you and through you or however he's made that move happen. But all those, you know, uh, all those moments of confidence that we lack, um, they 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 really do subside when you can recall directly a time when God did answer a similar prayer or when God did move in a particular way. And even if it's just memory, it's joyful to remember the things that God has done for you or even just the moments where he's answered prayers similar to this before. And if you don't know how to set up an altar for yourself, first and foremost, the big moments of your life, most people never forget. But if you don't have any means or any way of documenting the big moments of your life or recalling the big moments of your life, or at least just meditating on who you are and how God has moved on who you are through, you know, consistent dialogue with God, then it's going to be hard for you to hold on to the terms of the covenant when you have let, you know, the, the deliverance, I guess, slip your mind because that's mm-hmm. where the covenant is established in the deliverance. That's where we at least establish the covenant yeah. with God. I think the the closer we get to him and the more present we are with him, I think the easier it is to kind of mark when those things happen. Absolutely. Um, uh, when we are like walking with him personally and, and closely, it's like you're making memories with God and like you do with yeah. with a friend. And yeah. you're like, remember when we did this? Remember exactly. when we did that thing? Exactly. And so that's really what it is. It is um, creating memories with God. Yeah. I like that. So like maybe, you know, have a scrapbook or a photo album of all the things that you and God <laughs> did. Like what has God been walking you through? You know, last time we talked about kind of writing down our prayers and like documenting the things that we're asking him for, but you know, documenting 
things that he's done for us, documenting the moments that you have shared, the kind of memorable or milestone moments that, that you shared with God. Um, and I think even just in doing that in the moment, it, it kind of solidifies it in your mind and adds to the definition or perspective that we have of who God is. If we're being intentional about being present with him, then all of these things and all of these answered prayers are, are building blocks uh, for, for our perception of God. And, and they just add to the foundation of what it is that we have with him. But if you are constantly seeking and constantly pursuing him, I think it's hard to forget what maybe what he's done or who he's been to you or the ways that he has helped move you through difficult things. Because we don't forget the difficult thing. So if you still remember the difficult thing, then you should still yeah. remember how you got out of that difficult thing or who brought you out of that difficult thing. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have a way of... um of remembering then just figure out how you hold on to any friendship because even if you don't remember you know if, even if you don't scrapbook or you don't take a whole bunch of pictures like the memories that you build with people over time show in the relationship that you have with people now and mm -hmm. if you have people that are close to you then you know that you might not be always thinking about the times that you had together but it's the time it's still the times that you've had together it's still the mm -hmm. memories that uphold the relationship and the more you allow yourself to experience the fullness of those those memories you know even if you didn't document them the more you see the value of them in the future and i believe that same thing with god because when you allow mm -hmm. yourself to be a fully um you know a full participant in what god right. is doing then you're eventually going to have a relationship with God that's even deeper than being able to document or write. But you'll allow yourself to be a product of the con the consistent faithfulness of God. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the regular things that God does in your life because you're open to it now. Even if it's not writing it down, it's the fact that you're cognizant of it. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what has to be done first before you can say that, you know, you and God have um, a, a, a strong relationship within the covenant, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I think if you can commit to being more present with God and more aware, then that's going to make it easier, I think, to see all the ways that he is moving, maybe in the mundane or in the day to day. And I think that that's going to supplement what you know about him as he moves in, in the big stuff. But if we only see God when the big stuff happens, because big stuff don't happen all the time. Big stuff don't happen every day. You're right. You're right. You're so if we only right. see him in the big stuff, then we miss him in the little stuff. So if we can start to see him in the little stuff, that's going to give us, I think, a more well-rounded view and understanding and a more um, nourishing relationship with him. Sure. That's it. That's all I got. I think that nope. any, I can add any more information to that because uh, I'm I'm hoping that as we as we learn how to navigate our relationships, that it's the details, it's the small things that really make a covenant what it is. The same in any relationship, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And you know, paying attention to those things. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I want y'all to have a good relationship with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that you know, I like clarity and I like trying to walk through the things that are difficult. But um, if there are things that you know y'all have specifically that are unique to you, then share those things, please. Uh, mm -hmm. Reach out, email me, email Camille, DM either one of us, um, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll we want to address it because um, I think that faith is only um, is 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 best lived 
in community when you have people that can actually try to address the nuances of your circumstances even. Um, everybody's different. And I think that we all need a community in order to make it through. And I think, you know, the things that we're talking about are great, um, um, but they're going to remain general until we speak to the specific walk right. that you're that you're on. So, um, yeah, reach out to us um, and uh, prayerfully we'll be able to continue uh, to speak to you um, and, and bless you in that way. But um, Camille, uh, any closing thoughts, sentiments? Um, no. No, I don't think so. I have. I, I think I'm probably walking away from this thinking about about a lot. So it was. Yeah, it was good. I don't. I don't have anything in closing. Just you know, make it personal. Cool. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind blessing us as we leave. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you once again, Lord, for all the ways that you continue to show up for us in our individual lives and collectively as well. We thank you for the conversation that we had today, God, and for giving us this opportunity just to reflect on the commitments that we have made to you and on some of the things that might make it difficult for us to carry out those commitments. God, you know intimately what it is that we each are dealing with and the ways that we are trying to navigate our relationship with you. And I just pray that you will continue to uh, be be gracious as you guide us through these through these circumstances uh, that we're all dealing with. And ultimately, God, we just pray that at the end of it, we walk away with a stronger relationship with you and understanding of who you are and the desires that you have for, for our life. Please continue to um, to bless this podcast, God. We are grateful for the opportunity to speak to those who uh, are making it a priority to deepen their understanding. And we just pray that through this, we're able to establish a, a sense of community with, with those folks who, um, who just want to stay connected to you and, and connected to one another in you. So we thank you for this opportunity. We don't take it for granted, God. We just pray that you will continue to, to speak through us and uh, allow your spirit to be the loudest voice uh, that, that's heard on this program. So continue to just to bless all of us uh, as we leave here until we can come back together again. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you guys again. And until next time, may God bless you and may God keep you. Bye, everyone. Again, we thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions, concerns, or thoughts, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at church at northsidecoc.church or on our social media pages on Facebook at Northside Church of Christ, the one in Riverside, or on Instagram at live.peaceably.